This is a podcast where you don't have to be perfect. You can be happy. Make your day count. Encouraging, uplifting, full of joy. You're worth more than you think. This is Entirely Unconventional, and I'm Lindsay Roberts. I pray for something miraculous to happen to you today. Hi, everybody. Lindsay Roberts here. Thank you for joining me on Entirely Unconventional, where we're going to be unconventional in the things we say, but very conventional about how we believe the Bible. That's how I am. I believe the Word of God. I believe the Bible is God's inspired, inspirational Word for us, but I also believe that we don't have to put God in a box. We can allow God to be God to work in our lives in very conventional or even unconventional ways. And today, I really believe we have a lot to say about what we say. So Father God, right now in the name of Jesus, I pray for people listening to the sound of my voice. I pray that they stop in a sense listening to me and hear your word, hear your voice. Lord, let my mouthpiece be a mouthpiece, not just to say stuff. Don't let my mouth just shoot out words and say stuff. But Father God, let me say something that will inspire somebody to look at the Bible and believe in you. So thank you, Father God, for you taking over the podcast. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to talk about speak your mind. You know, they say often, uh, I think it was a, a Yale study that I was looking at, that women speak about two thousand, uh, about 20,000 words a day. And men speak about five to 7,000 words a day. And of course, depending on your situation, it varies. My husband is a public speaker, so to speak. Ha ha ha. And he tends to say a lot of words. At home, he's pretty quiet. Out in public, I very rarely say a whole lot, but in the privacy of my home, I tendency, I have a tendency to overload Richard with more than 20,000 words. In fact, he said Lindsay speaks 20,000 words a day with gusts up to 70 or 80,000. Very funny, but um, sort of true. So I want to talk to you about speak your mind, but I want to talk to you about the value of your words when you speak your mind. Isaiah 26, 3, God will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. So if you're going to speak your mind and you want to be in perfect peace, you can't have both scripturally speaking unless the, the speaking your mind is when your mind is stayed on him for God to keep you in perfect peace. If you want God to do the first part, to keep you in perfect peace, you've got to do your part whose mind is stayed on him. Isaiah 26, 3. Proverbs 18, 20. I love Proverbs. I'm going to toss out some Proverbs just because I love them so much, but I want you to start to see a pattern here. Proverbs 18, 20. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Not just the tongue, the power attached to it. There is a power. Your tongue is not, your tongue is sort of like the car. It's just the body of the car. The power source is the engine. Where your your tongue is saying things, it's not the one creating the power. Your words, death and life are in the power of the tongue. There is a power source created by your words that come out of your thought process into your mouth. They that love it, the Bible says, eat the fruit thereof. Uh, Another proverb, 18.7, a fool's mouth is his destruction and his lips are the snare of his soul. Wow. Proverbs 10.11, 
the mouth of the righteous is a well of life. Proverbs 12, 6, the mouth of the righteous, the upright shall deliver them. Let's go away from Proverbs, James 3, 6. The tongue is a fire, a, w- a world of iniquity. So the tongue is among our members that defi- the, so the tongue is the small among our members that defiles the whole body and it settles on fire the course of nature. There's a scripture that's very, very weird in the fact it is so it is so poignant and so small that if we don't pay attention, we could lose it. There's a lot in those 66 books of the Bible, but there's a teeny tiny little scripture that said our tongue is like the rudder of a ship. It's so small, but it steers the entire direction of the ship. Wow. Our tongue. I mean, if you calculate it, like I happen to have, for how tall I am, I just barely scrape over the five feet mark, barely. But um, I wear between an eight and a half, nine, nine and a half size shoe. Now for a lady, that's a pretty big shoe. And people giggle and say, my, for how tall you are, you sure have big feet. Well, I do. That is true. I can't deny it. So, you know, I may have big feet. And comparatively speaking, look at the size of my feet compared to the size of my tongue. But I tell you what, the tongue has so much more power than my size nine shoes. Wow. Wow. Now, you may think size nine is not so big. Size nine may be pretty small. Size nine may be this, size nine may be that. It may be big to you, small to somebody else. It may be different to someone else. But to me, comparatively speaking, my hand is bigger than my tongue. My feet are bigger than my tongue. My, let's just say my elbows, bigger than my tongue. My face is bigger than my tongue. My whole head, bigger than my tongue. But truthfully, the one that steers the ship of our life The Bible talks very clearly, the rudder is the tongue. How much trouble can that tiny little membrane get us into? How much trouble did the Titanic get into if the rudder of the ship went the wrong direction? Wow, wow, and wow. I want you to think about how your words create opportunities. If I speak, as Yale study says, about 20,000 words a day, I have 20,000 golden opportunities to help somebody or to help myself or to think about something, to create an atmosphere, to teach something, to preach something, to talk to my friend, to get on the phone, to talk to a relative. I have 20,000 opportunities for something good to come out of that tiny little rudder steering the ship of my life. I also have 20,000 opportunities to mess it up. Wow. When we think about it, Job twenty-two twenty-eight: you shall decree a thing and it shall be established unto thee and the light shall shine upon thy ways. Now think about this. I'm tossing out scriptures, but if those scriptures, if you're not using them in harmony with God's word and his will, you may be repeating them all day long. But if you are in, let's say, defiance or direct opposition to the word and the will of God, how can God watch over his word to perform it? Mark eleven twenty three. whoever says unto this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. Do not doubt in your heart. Believe the things you say shall come to pass. You have whatever you say. But those things you say have to be in harmony with the word and the will of God. Scroll up from Mark 11, 
23, scroll up a few scriptures and it starts out by saying, have faith in God, have the God kind of faith. So if you don't have faith in God and you don't have the God kind of faith and you're trying to manipulate a scripture and you think it's going to work, I personally would like to know the results of that for how that's going to work out in your favor. But when I think about the word of God, when I think about the will of God, when I think about the plan of God, and then I use my mouth like the rudder of a ship to steer my life and not saying, I'm so afraid. This will never work. How in the world will it happen? God, where are you? Jesus, what have you done for me lately? And I completely operate in defiance to the word of God. How can God bring it to pass? He watches over his word to perform it. He said, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in his sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. How can he be my strength and my redeemer if my 20,000 a day don't line up with what God is trying to say to me? You know, I've been in many countries um, and you, you look at their currency and, and some countries like South Africa, their currency has a different value than the United States. Canada, for example, a different currency than the United States. Um, I, let's just say Jamaica, or you go over um, Nigeria, some of the different places that I've been, their currency value is different than the currency value of the United States. In fact, the currency itself is different. So when you think about what that is, like a Canadian dollar versus an American dollar, or you think of a Naira as opposed to the United States dollar, or whatever. The value is different. You can have 20,000 words a day and the value be different because I can take my 20,000 words a day and I can tear somebody down and I can be sassy or I can be obnoxious or I can be rude and I can, and those 20,000 words may have been spent like currency, but what's the value? In the kingdom of God, how does God value the currency of your words that you just spent. Or I can take those 20,000 words and say, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. When I get in tricky situations, I can say I have the mind of Christ. I refuse fear. I choose faith. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. And I can make a conscious quality decision to use my words wisely, to use my words scripturally, to use my words defiantly, or to use my words for something just plain ridiculous. But when I use my words wisely, I'm praying I get wise results. When I use my words scripturally, I'm praying my, I, I get a return of scriptural words, a scriptural results. When I use my words mean, wickedly, I wonder what's going to come back to me as the Bible says on every wave. When I use my words senselessly, I wonder what's going to come back to me on every wave. When I use my words full of fear, worry, torment, grumbling, whining, griping, complaining, I wonder how my words are going to come back to me on every wave. But when I use my words according to the word of God, and I speak to this mountain of difficulty, and I command it according to the word and the will of God to be removed and cast into the sea. And I do not doubt in my heart, which means I exercise my have faith in God. And I believe that what God's word says can come to pass in my life. I believe I can have what I say according to his word and his will. And I believe those 20,000 words are well spent. So 
When you speak your mind, let's go back to Isaiah 26, 3. God will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. How do you do it? Okay, so the mind is part of your soul realm. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. You are a spirit, a, mind, a soul, and a body. Your spirit man worships God in spirit and in truth. Your mind renews daily through the word of God. And your body, in a sense, I'm going to talk to it kind of simply, it carries out what you just came up with. So if I keep thinking on, I'm going to the refrigerator, I'm going to the refrigerator, I'm going to the refrigerator, it's going to take my body to carry it out. If I renew my mind daily with the word of God, my conversation in spirit and in truth, worshiping God, praising God, and then I allow that, that, that atmosphere, God inhabits the praises of his people. So I allow that permeated God atmosphere to get into my soul, my mind, my will, and my emotions. And I begin to renew it with the word of God and the, and the spirit of the living God. Then my body has this operation chance, a better chance of, of the way I, I operate, of operating the way God wants me to operate. But if I pick up the news or I listen to television or I get in an atmosphere, I can get into an atmosphere with a whole lot of very, very negative people. I can think off the top of my head right now where I could go to a place filled with a bunch of negative people whose house it is and what they'd be saying. Or I can think about, I'll just say this, I can think about a pastor friend of mine that I talked to yesterday. And when we were done, we were praising God. We were laughing. We were worshiping God, and we were expecting miracles. Now, the outcome of using those words and filling that atmosphere and filling my mind, which also created an atmosphere for my mouth to speak, can be harnessed and steered by the rudder of my ship, my tongue. Now, I'm going to hear stuff. I'm going to turn on the television. I'm going to listen to the radio. The other day I was listening to the news because there was tornado activity where I was. But if I want to turn on something in my mind, my will, and emotions that is either godly or contrary to the word of God, I can do it. But I have to recognize when I do it, there's probably going to be an outcome. God will keep you in perfect peace whose mind, part of your soul, is stayed on him. Bless the Lord, Psalm 103, 1 through 5. O oh, my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Then he repeats it. Why? Because sometimes God has to repeat things to me. And he repeats it. Bless the Lord, O oh, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Why did he have to say it twice and then say, don't forget? He's reminding me. Because sometimes I forget, and sometimes I need reminding. That wasn't punishment. That wasn't condemnation. That was God's gently saying, let's remind you. Remind me of my promises, he said. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. What are the benefits? He goes on to say, he forgives all my iniquities, my sins. He heals all my diseases. He redeems my life from destruction. He crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies and satisfies my mouth with such good things. My mouth, my mouth, my mouth with such good things. My youth, there you go, correlation there, is renewed like eagles. How does that start? Let's analyze that. Let's tear it apart a little bit. I have a responsibility. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. My responsibility. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Remind myself of his benefits. Again, my responsibility. And here comes God's responsibility. He heals all my diseases. He, re, he, um, he forgives all my iniquities. He renews my mind. 
He restores my soul. I mean, I can go on with a lot of other scriptures. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. My part. His part. He forgives all my iniquities. He heals all my diseases. He redeems my life from destruction. He crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies. And he satisfies my mouth with such good things. My youth is renewed like eagles. He heals. He forgives. He crowns me in a good way. He satisfies. He this, he that. He's got the hard part. I got the easy part. I'm supposed to bless the Lord. I'm supposed to put my mind, my will, and emotions on blessing the Lord. I'm supposed to remind myself and remind God of his benefits. And then he kicks in with the miracle. And my job is to steer that ship with the rudder of my tongue by saying, I bless you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. And how can I not do my part but expect God to do his part? I mean, come on, let's analyze this. In college, when I was... When I was taking classes going into law school, I had a class that was a mathematical class, a statistical class, but it was part of it was if then, I called them if then suppositions. If this happens, then that happens. Like in an equation, if you want to keep things the same, if you want to keep two plus two to equal four, you couldn't change the two plus two and still come out with the right outcome equals four. Four plus four equals eight. If I change the left side of the equation, the four plus four, then the right side of the equation was going to change as well. If I added two plus two, then it would equal four. If I add six plus six, then the equal side was like your then, it equals 12. But if I begin to mess with my part, it'll mess up the other part of the equation. Say I am the two plus two part and, and my partner is the equals four part. If I start changing on the chalkboard all of my part of the equation, his part of the equation is going to go all messed up unless we do it equally. If my people call by my name, humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then they'll hear from heaven and I'll heal their land. If you give, then it shall be given unto you. If you diligently seek the voice of the Lord, then, if you knock, then God answers. If you seek, then you find. If then suppositions are all throughout the Bible, if you begin to bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name, then God heals all your diseases. He, he forgives all your iniquities. He redeems your life from destruction, crowns you with loving kindness, tender mercies, and satisfies your mouth with such good things. Your youth is renewed like eagles. We have a part to play, and we can relinquish our part of the responsibility. And we can speak whatever we want. We can do whatever we want. But when we do, suddenly, I personally believe we also release God from his part of the responsibility. But when we do our part, scripturally speaking, then I completely believe God does his part, scripturally speaking. So I want to encourage you, renew your mind with the word of God. Why would you renew it daily? Because his mercies are new every morning. And the Bible says we can have the mind of Christ. If Satan is so faithful that he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, then why not combat him with God's word and his will and speak it? daily. Renew your mind with the word of God. Ask for the mind of Christ and then use your words wisely. Take your 20,000, 5,000, 2,000, whatever words that you speak per day and use them to give life 
to yourself, to your situation, your family, your job, and life more abundantly everywhere you possibly can. I pray for you right now from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet, and I pray for God to minister healing to you in every aspect of your life. Quick reminder, Isaiah 23, 6, Proverbs 18, 21, Proverbs 18, 20. Um, go ahead and toss this in the mix. Isaiah 57, 18, Luke 6, 45. Job 22, 8, Proverbs 18, 7, Mark 11, 23, James 3, 6, Proverbs 10, 11, Proverbs 12, 6. I have tossed out a lot of scriptures. And if you want to use your words wisely, take a look at those scriptures and just begin to quote all of them, some of them, one of them, whatever floats your boat. But as you begin to quote the scriptures, I pray you begin to live in the scriptures. In Jesus' name, amen couple of questions today. I haven't always been, okay, I haven't always been the best with my words. Is there any way not to reap those negative words in the past what I've sown? I call it a crop failure. If you can plant seeds of faith for a crop, then I also believe you can plant seeds of faith for a crop failure. I believe you can do something towards that in a sense, crop failure. Maybe, I'm not saying do this, but maybe God will direct you to a person to say something to, to apologize to, to give something to, to do something to. I always look at it this way. So maybe I goofed up and said something negative to somebody and I'll never be able to have a chance to fix it. Okay, go say something positive to somebody else. Maybe some person has totally wronged me and that situation will never be fixed. Okay, Go do something nice for somebody else. Pay forward, as they say. Plant a seed. My father-in-law, Oral Roberts, used to call it a seed of equivalent benefit. You might not always be able to turn back the hands of time, but I'll tell you what you can do. You can pay forward. Do something. Start to say, Lord, I repent for what I said before, but I'm going to give you my words today. Help me to quote your words and put impart your words into my words so that I can do what you want me to do pay forward. The past is just that. If we could go change the past, oh, I would shut down for, for, I don't know, days, weeks, months, maybe even years to shut down some of the stupid things I did. You know, you think, oh, as, as, as a child, you do stupid things. I've done stupid things as a child, a teenager, an adult. I'm, 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 I'm older than a lot of people. Let's just say I'm seasoned and I still can do some stupid things. I can say some right things. I can say some wrong things. But I can always repent just to God. Maybe you get a chance to make it right with a person. Good for you. Maybe you don't. Good for you. What you may get to do is just repent to God and say, Hey, Lord, what would you like me to do to pay forward? Listen to what he says and try to the best of your ability to obey God. Um, I know scripturally speaking, my words affect my life. Okay, that's good. However, do... Do words have an impact on others, like my kids, for example? Oh, my goodness. I can tell you this. Why did I use the word stupid? Gee, without going into any detail, perhaps you might think that I'm familiar with that word because of something that happened to me years gone by, and you'd probably be extremely right. Why, in some people's case, like mine, was 98 not acceptable? It had to be 100. Why was that way of thinking in my head? Was it just me? 
Maybe. Was it teachers? Maybe. Was it environmental? Maybe. Was it television? Maybe. Was perfectionism just a part of my life? Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe it was environmentally induced. Maybe it was just part of my life. But I can tell you this. I remember as a child certain things that impacted me. I had a particular teacher that was wonderful and encouraged me and gave me a great hope for my future. I had other teachers, not so much. I had a college professor tell me that I should be a writer because I had a great way of expressing words. I had other college professors tell me I couldn't talk my way out of a paper bag because I was super shy. Can you imagine that? I know. Go ahead. Giggle. It's okay. I'll let you. But I was so shy that I, 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 it, it tormented me to put a sentence together and have to stand up and say it in front of a class. In fact, I had a teacher once that was so compassionate towards me, I had to give a speech. And this teacher, so compassionate, said, I'll tell you what, I can't pass you and you can't graduate until you finish this class. And she was so kind to me. She said, what do you love? I said, dogs. She said, I'm going to bring my little dog. She had a Yorkie. She said, I'm going to let you hold my little dog as you give yourself a speech. So I gave myself a speech. I had poster boards. I had colorized things. I had it all ready. She hands me her little Yorkie. I was shaking so badly and so terrified to give a speech that she said, if you'll hand me my dog, I will help you with your speech and pass you. Just give me my dog back. We giggled and got a good joke of it, and I finished my speech, and I was able to finish and get a passing grade and be okay. Truth of the matter is, she was wonderful. Instead of saying names, she told me that I could do it. I had a teacher tell me I should be a writer. I, the thought never crossed my mind to write books. I could barely speak in public, let alone write books. Turns out, I published a lot of books. And I can singularly turn back to that teacher in one event in a class that I was not doing well in. And that teacher encouraging me not to worry about it. I really love the way you have words. You have a way with words. You need to be a writer. Never thought of it in my life. All these years later, publishing books, working with Oral Roberts, publishing books for him and with, I mean, not for him, well, with him. I think back to one, one individual that changed my life forever. So I want to encourage you. It not only has impact in your life, but try, really try to use your words to have a positive influence, a positive impact on other people's lives, whether it's your neighbor, your kids, yourself, whatever. Try to use your words like you would spend money wisely Try to spend your words, live, words wisely to impact others and especially to impact them for the kingdom of God. I pray for you to succeed today. I pray for you to have a glorious day, a great day in the Lord. And I pray for you to know one thing. I believe you are worth more than you think. Bye-bye for now. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. To connect with Lindsay on social media, follow her on Instagram at lindsayrobertsofficial. To get a copy of Lindsay's brand new book, Discover Your True Worth, simply search Discover Your True Worth on Amazon.com. We'll see you next week.